Welcome to the Summit County HealthCast, a podcast to improve the health and wellness of residents in Summit County, Utah. Join us as we interview local experts, professionals, and more to provide you with the best health and wellness tips Summit County has to offer. Let's get started. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Summit County HealthCast. I am here today with Alyssa Mitchell, one of our health educators, and we're going to be talking about a topic that's kind of been growing in the news lately, and that's about vaping and e-juice. Basically, this interview is just going to be kind of a short 101 on what to look for as parents and guardians to recognize these devices and some of the improvements and changes they've made to make it easier for kids to access them and also to use them without being noticed. And also we're gonna be talking about why vaping is not a safe alternative to smoking and is not a good thing for your kids to be doing. Right, Alyssa? Yes, absolutely. How are you doing today? Doing fine, thanks. So let's, jump right into it. When we talk about vaping and these devices, they're called ENDS, right? E-N-D-S. And what does that stand for and what does that encompass? So it's electronic nicotine delivery systems. So basically what that term encompasses is a wide variety of different means of heating a liquid, creating the vapor, and then breathing it in. Some of these devices, and everybody calls them something a little bit different, but all these devices are basically have the same components to them. They have a battery, an atomizer and then a cartridge and they the battery and the atomizer work together to heat the liquid and then it creates the same sensation to that of smoking. It's a little bit different though because it is a vapor instead of actually burning but it still has potential harm to it. And when we talk about these devices you hear about mods so can you explain to us what mods are and kind of what they look like and why sometimes they can be hard to identify as a device to vape with? Sure. So the term mod is just one of the many terms people can use. Some people call them e-cigs. Some people call them tanks. PVs is a short way of saying personal vaporizer, vapes. They're all meaning the same thing. So they're all talking about the same type of product. And the trouble we're having with them is that every brand has a different look or feel to them. And they don't look, I mean, some will look or have a similar resemblance to that of a cigarette. But most of them don't, especially some of the new mods coming out, like the Jewels, where they're really small and slender. Some look like flash drives, some look like pens. And so it just makes it really hard as a parent to detect what these devices actually look like. I can say that youth are purchasing most of these online, where there is very little accountability to proving their age. So it's really easy basically to lie and say, yes, I'm 19 years old or I'm 18 years old and can purchase these products. So one thing we're trying to tell parents is watch your Amazon accounts. Because I mean, it could come in the mail and they could open it up and say, oh, this is just a flash drive for one of my classes or something like that. Right. And they're discreet too, because some of them, what youth have actually done is they'll hide them in their sleeve, like using a watch or something. So they'll bring their hand up to their mouth and they'll um, inhale inhale the vapor that's being emitted 
And then when the vapor comes out, it goes right into their sleeve so you don't see the smoke, you don't always see the vapor. It does have a smell to it though. It kind of has a candy kind of smell, kind of a fruity smell, but it's not really a good smell. It's kind of like old candy kind of smell. So if you're smelling a new smell in your youth's room and it's kind of sweet smelling, that could be a sign that they're using these devices. It definitely, from the ones that I have smelled, when you see it, it's, it almost looks like a humidifier, right? It's not like yeah. traditional smoke. It's not going to smell like cigarette smoke. But yeah, it kind of comes off and it's not going to smell like cologne or perfume either. It definitely has mm -hmm. a distinct smell to it that you're going to recognize. Yes, absolutely. Talking more about the e-juice then, tell us what's in it because I know a lot of Vape shops will bill e-juice as safe and not having nicotine or any other cancerous substances in them. That's usually not the case. Right, and it's unfortunate. When these were first marketed to the United States back in the uh, mid to late O's. 2000s? <laughs> the late 2000s. Whatever we're going to call those. Yes. <laughs> they were identified as a safe alternative to cigarettes because they had less chemicals or not different chemicals than what you find in a cigarette. What we're finding is that they have a lot of similarities. Now there's four main chemicals that are found in the e-juice. Propylene glycol is the biggest, largest component to the e-juice. Um, then there's vegetable glycerin. So tell us a little bit what is propylene glycol and why is it a bad thing? <laughs> so propylene glycol is a chemical. Now if you were to research it online, it would say it's a food grade chemical approved through the FDA. What the FDA has approved propylene glycol to be used is in very small amounts to process food. So, I mean, we have a lot of processed foods here in America. So as foods go through the processing component, they may use propylene glycol for various different reasons. One of the reasons that they like it so much in e-juice is because it helps create that vapor, that sensation to that of smoking. What people don't realize is that propylene glycol can trigger asthmatic reactions. You're not, it was, it was never intended to be basically inhaled, even when it's used as a preservative, right? Right, so it's, breathing, breathing stuff in and eating stuff is a completely different system. Your lungs have much more fragile cells that can be damaged far more easily than your stomach, and frankly, some of the stuff that's been approved for us to ingest is a little interesting too, but propylene We won't get into that no, today, but, but not necessarily a good thing no matter how you're ingesting it. Right, but propylene glycol, people who are asthmatic have triggered asthmatic reactions, not only in themselves, but in people around them from the vapor. It's also a known lung irritant, so it can damage the cells in your lungs, which has the potential to cause further damage later in life. Um, some of the other chemicals that in there that I've mentioned already, like the vegetable glycerin and the flavorings, I mean, when you hear that in your head, even when I first heard these, when these products first came out, you think, well, flavorings are safe, um, vegetable glycerin, how bad could that be? And this goes back to what's improved to be ingested in small amounts is not approved to be inhaled through your lungs. One flavoring in particular that comes to mind is diacetyl, and this is what's most commonly associated with popcorn lungs. So there was a factory of that processed just microwavable popcorn, and workers who were breathing in the popcorn smells ended up with lung cancer um, called popcorn lung. And after some studies, they realized that diacetyl, which was used in very small amounts, again, as a flavoring and as a processing agent, actually was mutating their cells and causing the lung cancer. So I caution youth, I caution people who are using these products to really think and research some of these 
chemicals and flavorings that they're using. Other flavorings we have found that are similar to that of tobacco products is formaldehyde. So formaldehyde is used to preserve body parts and cadavers lab. It's also um, used in things like nail polish to help keep the lacquer on there for a long time. It's actually a known carcinogen and can damage lung cells. Benzene has also been found in even the vapor that gets breathed out. It's found in pesticides and gasoline. So to put this in perspective, if you stick your head next to a car exhaust pipe, you're breathing in benzene, which is not safe. Please don't do <laughs> Please that. <laughs> Please don't do that. That is definitely something you don't want to do. Probably even a little bit worse than biting on Tide Pods, but we won't get into that today. <laughs> so, but the biggest concern we have is that there is still nicotine in this e-juice. And the problem that we're having is that especially youth who aren't experienced, when they're adjusting their mods to get different cloud sizes, they're inhaling more nicotine. So it's really hard to say how this cancer-causing deadly chemical will affect your body in the long span of time. I do know that some of the bottles that the e-juice comes in has almost up to a gram of nicotine, which is 17 times the fatal dose for an adult. We've actually seen an increase to the Poison Control Center, most of which has been evolved around these e-juices, specifically with kids under the age of 10, because they will spill the juice on their hands or ingest it because it's a candy-flavored liquid. And it looks like the package, it looks like candy the way it's packaged and presented. It, it does, and unfortunately, nicotine can make you really sick or even kill a person. So we're really cautioning people to understand that Nicotine is still in most of these products, sometimes even those labeled as zero nicotine we're finding. And up until recently, there's been very little follow-up with these companies to make sure their processing and testing is accurate. That will change in 2019. The FDA is requiring e-juice manufacturers to register with them, and they have to be within 10% of what's on the label, which has not been occurring to recently. In fact, Salt Lake County did a study um, they took samples of different e-juices from different vaping stores and some of the juices, uh, there was a lot of variety basically. Some were less than what was on the bottle, but the majority were more. They found up to 840% more nicotine than what was labeled in a few places. So, And that's the dangerous thing like you already mentioned. Um, not only can the kids adjust these mods for themselves to kind of change the amounts that they're ingesting, but the vape juice, when you think about it, that comes in a concentrated form that's meant to be distilled down. Yeah. So you've got a little bottle of vape juice that could potentially have more nicotine in it than a carton of cigarettes or it could be ingested in Oh yes, and people will vape rates. for a long time and so that's part of the problem the FDA's been having as far as determining long-term effects is people keep adjusting their mods so that people can inhale more and they vape longer because a cigarette, you burn it out, you're done. Or chew, you chew it till it's right. you're done. <laughs> it ends. So you know how much nicotine you're, and how much of these chemicals you're getting. They can't measure that. They're, or they're struggling to measure that right now. So let's talk about then some of the effects of the nicotine. We know long term what these substances can do to the body. But in the short term, what are some things that, what are some effects that it will have on people vaping and maybe some things parents can look out for in addition to looking for the mods and looking for the smell that they might be able to notice? So as far as how nicotine affects the body, so nicotine goes straight into the central nervous system. It's what causes the buzz when you smoke or when you vape. So blood pressure will go up, pulse will go up, people will breathe a little bit faster because they're not able to fully expand their lungs and get enough oxygen. 
And so part of the risk with that is people who use nicotine are at higher risk of heart attack or stroke. Some other things parents need to look for, especially if their youth has just started, Nicotine, if you vape and you're unexperienced, you can actually get sick from the nicotine content in the e-juice. So if you're smelling a certain smell and your youth is sick more frequently, it could possibly be nicotine poisoning. So does that, this is, this is just a question I thought of, when you're starting out kind of inhaling these things, are there any connections between... For instance, if a kid starts vaping, does he have an increased risk for, you know, getting a cold or a sinus infection or anything like that? So if parents see stuff like that that are recurring, is there a connection there? We do notice that people who vape more will have more bronchitis and more respiratory issues. So I don't necessarily know about colds in particular, but you'll notice that they'll develop a cough or a lot of phlegm or mucus okay. within them. So if that's something that's ongoing, it could be another sign, potentially worth even just looking into. Yes, looking into. Really what I encourage parents to do at this point is to go research these products and have the conversation with their youth that this is not necessarily safer, this is just a different form of smoking. Massachusetts has a list of the different chemicals they found in e-juice and some of that which has been emitted through the vapor, so secondhand vaping. Um, research is still ongoing, but what we can tell right now is that nicotine is addictive and as youth vape, the, the nicotine concentration still, the craving goes up. The research has shown is that a lot of youth to get that nicotine fix will also be more likely to use regular tobacco products, so whether that's chewing or smoking. And again, it, there's the potential for their nicotine addiction to develop exponentially when you consider that they could start off getting more nicotine than they would with a cigarette and it could just grow up from there where it's not measured like we've talked about before. Exactly, yes. So we've kind of talked about what's going on, what to look for, why these things are bad. So let's bring it in closer, give a few statistics about here in Utah, specifically in Summit County, that I think kind of drives home the message about why this is something you should be concerned about as a parent, and this is something you should be on the lookout for regardless of if you suspect your kid is using or not. Just some stats that you gave me. Since 2011, Utah youth use rates have tripled despite the law prohibiting sales to minors under the age of 19, which yes. I think goes back a lot to being able to buy these products online and they're not being regulated. Yes. And then there's also a stat you gave about teens specifically in Summit County. Why don't you tell us more about that? Sure. So. 21.8% of youth are experimenting with these products, and that's just experimentation. That is a, that has grown substantially in the last couple of years. I mean, I believe, and that came from the way to quit statistics, it was only 11% a couple of years before. So we're seeing an interest, a growing interest in trying these products. And then as far as regular use, I believe that number is close to 10% are regular users. But the other concern along that as well is, are they even vaping the e-juice? We've actually had, um, in speaking with resource officers, they're finding that youth are vaping other dangerous chemicals as well. For example, meth has been detected in some of these mods and so has alcohol and marijuana. And there was a case I know a few weeks ago in the news where kids were putting, I don't remember what it was, it was some kind of cleaning substance in the mods, basically. So yeah. there's the potential for a lot, not only drugs, but just even regular household items that can have a serious side effect and definitely were never intended to be ingested being Correct. put into these mods. Correct, yes. And youth who, and I think I've said this already, but youth who vape 
are more likely to try, or twice as likely, excuse me, to try regular tobacco products than somebody who's never even vaped in their life. And it goes back to that nicotine addiction. One thing about cigarettes is they have a high regular concentration of nicotine. So that's one reason why some people continue to use them and vape at the same time. And I know, and this is, um, there's no numbers to back this, but I've spoken with teachers and employees at school districts and parents at all three districts, North Summit, South Summit, and Park City, just kind of casually coming up in conversation. And all the people I've spoken with have mentioned the increased rates of vaping that are going on at their school and the yes. number of kids that are vaping, even as young as middle school age. And yes. just how it's something that's not the easiest thing. It's definitely easier to hide than cigarettes, I would say. Yes. And the potential impacts, of we, as we've already talked about, are just as severe. And one nice thing that we're doing is we're partnering with different school districts to provide education. For example, with South Summit and North Summit, we're starting with teacher education. What do these products look like? What do you need to look for? Park City School Districts. Um, I did the teacher education on that a few years ago, so now we're working on going into the classrooms and providing this education to middle school and high school students, and we'll likely make that transition as well. As far as parent education, we are partnering with the Frontline Blue Line events that the Sheriff's Office does. They provide great information and resources to parents on vaping and other risks that the youth are exposed to, so and and we'll be at those events with our education. So there's definitely information out there available that we're providing and the sheriff's office is providing and if you're looking for more you can always get in contact through it to with us through our website or with you Alyssa by calling you or finding your contact information on our website as well. Sure I respond to calls and emails so just look me up. Just wrapping up in closing Alyssa if there was one message you had for parents kind of as a warning about vaping what would it be? What's your one thing you want parents to take away from this interview? I really want parents to, one, be able to recognize these mods, do your research online, look up what they look like, research the chemicals. These are very similar chemicals to what's found in regular tobacco products, and they are potentially very dangerous, and have that conversation with their youth. Even if you don't think your youth is smoking or vaping, have the conversation with them about these products because if they haven't been exposed to them already, they will be soon, unfortunately, because this is a growing trend. So please do your homework and have an open conversation with your youth. Awesome. And just once again, if you're looking for more information, we're putting together a ton of great resources about vaping and mods, and you can find that at summitcountyhealth.org. Alyssa, thanks for stopping by today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Summit County HealthCast. For news, program information, and more, visit us at summitcountyhealth.org. Stay healthy, Summit County.